1: Thank you, Vanessa. Rob in Blacktown says, "Maddie, I think Todd Hazelwood and Cool Drive can do something good this year. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. It's funny, you know, I I covered the Australian Open tennis for a long time when I was at Channel 7 and being the first major of the year, being the first big tournament of the season, essentially, you know, you're often doing uh, a lot of previews. I also covered the Formula One Grand Prix, for quite a number of years when it was, in particular, the first Grand Prix of the year. So I used to say we're very, very lucky that we had those um, season openers in our backyard. Obviously, with the Supercars Championship, that's what we get, although we started in Abu Dhabi one year. However, my point about this is that when you go and look for a form guide for the opening round of anything, you quite often go to those that know how to do it and have done it before. So it was very, very... Um, straightforward when I used to think about the Australian Open or Formula One and in this case when I think about the Newcastle 500, it's not a cop-out I think it's just a, a smart way of looking at it Why do the champions continue to do what they do? Because they're often in a champion setup. they're very good at their preparation they don't get phased by the big moment and more often than not they've been there and done it before So that's why I have a look at the teams that have um, performed and not perished when they open the start of the season. Uh, Matty, do you reckon the Giz just gets it done up at Newcastle 500 or does he do his best work up on the mountain in the cooler months? Love to know your thoughts. Um, the Space Ghost. Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen gets it done anywhere, anytime, in any kind of setup. As long as it's got wheels and a steering wheel, he'll drive it. And nine times out of ten, he'll drive the lights out of the thing. Uh, at Newcastle, he he's, you know, look, across the board, the guy is the benchmark, and he'll just continue to win as long as that passion is there and the team gets it right. The variable, especially at Newcastle, is what they can hit and how many times they can hit it because it happens in practice, in qualifying, and especially in the race. <laughs> the good thing about qualifying mostly, especially if you make the shootout, you don't have anyone else to hit. Uh, it's just you and the track. <laughs> you can hit everything, but you can't hit anyone else. Different story when you get into the races themselves. All righty. As we know, the Maestro's in control on a Wednesday. 2 a.m., Tommy takes over uh, the captain's run. So we he, he came out firing yesterday, Maestro. Good morning to you. That doesn't um, surprise me. Oh, mate, it was a rant for the ages on the Roosters. <laughs> um, he gave me his... Off the back of Spencer Leneau saying that the Roosters are the pinnacle. He gave us um, 10. Well, he said it was going to be 10. It turned into 11 (laughs) reasons why the Roosters are the pinnacle. And it's kind of that time in radio that we don't get back.
0: (laughs) I was thinking Um, you were going to give me 11 excuses as to why they didn't perform in round one. Despite all those advantages and that great squad that they've compiled and having one of the best coaches in the competition, (laughs) you'd think maybe as ten or whatever they started that game, maybe they'd be able to get a win, but it wasn't a B, was it, Matt?
1: It, no, it wasn't. But, gee, oh, it was – you know how he throws his coins on the table? Mm. I said, dude, he's going to have to go to a laundromat and find some more coins because mm. he spent them all yesterday. It did give me a bit of thinking time while he was doing his rant. <laughs> I, I managed to do a long-range long range weather forecast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what have you got for us this morning? Now, last week it was Mulchie's Madness mm. um, off the back of your surname, but – uh, you are the maestro,
0: so have we settled on maestro's madness? I think we can settle on that. I'm consistency's okay. not my forte, Matt. I'm still working on that as part of my, mm. you know, as my part of my brand and my personality on air as I yes. you know, grow into this role that Tom has left for me. Um, I want to start with scheduling because nothing, you know, really excites you as much on a Wednesday, does it? Um, so Manly got to buy this weekend. They're my team, so we've just talked about you know, some of the issues with that and the text line and getting in that eight eighth team, you've just talked about how important that's going to be. My question is, I, you know, we've got the weekend off Manly this weekend, but then we get Thursday night at Brookvale against Parramatta. So I've still got something to be excited about, even though I'm missing this weekend of action. I'm not too disappointed because we had a, a game against a big rival at home on a Thursday night on, under the lights, uh, expecting a big crowd there. That's great. Can you explain to me how the Dragons have been scheduled to have the buy-in round one, and then they're playing the last game on Sunday. Is that going to happen? I, and I need to go and have a look at this, but is this going to happen over the course of the season? If the NRL schedule makers just done that because the Dragons aren't as big a, a ratings puller, then so they don't want to put them on a Thursday night or a Friday, or even a Saturday afternoon, give them the exclusive early game? You know, that's growing into a bit of a time slot where they seem to be putting bigger and bigger games year on year. Is there a reason we're waiting to see the Dragons until the last game on Sunday? Is that just a TV decision?
1: Oh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's. Uh, I think they spurt it all into a computer, don't they? And mm. and out she pops. But if you look at that, I mean, that was one of the things that I, that I did raise when I went through the early stages of the draw is that the Dragons, um, you know what? Like I referenced with Webby, it takes them away from the headlines. And the headlines were... Essentially, only going to pile up on them mm. um, regardless of what they do. But it's interesting that you're right, Manly have the bye this time around, and then in round three, they play Thursday night. So in round three, Penrith have the bye, but in round four, they play Thursday night. Mm. So then the Roosters have the bye in round four, they play Thursday night in round five. Okay. Um, the Titans will have the bye in round five and they will play the following week on the Sunday. So
0: it's all good when you get those blockbuster teams, the Roosters, the Panthers that are being successful, but then looking at another couple of weeks down the track that when the West Tigers have the bye, they're the late game on Sunday again. So is it, you know, it's all in terms of ratings. I'm not a fan of that. I, I want the fans to have something to be across and looking forward to. And those shouldn't be made to wait a full two weeks. Before, between matches. If you are going to have this bye, there's got to be a little bit of give in terms of the broadcasters putting some teams that they usually wouldn't have on a Thursday or Friday night on so that supporters aren't waiting for 14 days to watch their team play in the middle of the year, especially early in the season. That's just not fair on supporters who've waited so long to have football back. It's a good point, but let's not forget the broadcasters pay the
1: money mm. and they pay a lot of money and what they say – goes so yes it goes into a computer and out she comes but um there's a whole stack of other stuff that goes into that mix mm. as well so they they've got the call if if we want the game to have those kind of funds we've also got to let the game um be answerable to mm. the people who are paying those funds i easiest mean I think way to... that's just it's just the bottom business business line of it
0: easiest way to fix it
1: no buy 18th team
0: Bingo. Exactly right. <laughs> Number two, I want to take you to, it's the Players' Championship. I love my golf this weekend, yes. Matty. No Cam Smith there. Um, and we've got a little bit of audio. Rory McIlroy, John Rahm. John Rahm's playing some fantastic golf at the moment. And Rory's refining his form. They're talking about uh, not having Cam there to defend his title in Florida this weekend. be better if the defending champion was here this week. Absolutely. But he made a decision that he felt was, was the best thing for him. And, and. You know, he knew that decision was going to come with consequences and, and one of the consequences is uh, is right now not being able to play on the PGA Tour. It's my belief that defending champion should
1: always be there. We're talking about different circumstances right now. Some players made a choice of going to a different golf league knowing that they weren't going to be allowed to play here. And yes, this is a massive event. It's very, very close to a major quality event, but still a PGA Tour event. So uh, with that regard, no.
0: Thoughts, Ooh. feelings, opinions, well, should he I'd get an exemption? Well, i just come off the back of
1: watching the full swing, mm. and uh, I'm not going to, for those that haven't seen it, um, I'm not going to tell you the way that it pans out, but I will tell you that Rory McIlroy is the last episode. The focus is on him in the last episode, and obviously the live golf situation plays a big part in it. Um, I I now listen to Rory McIlroy very differently to what I did previous to that, and I, and I've you know followed him his entire career and um know a fair bit about him but he's a very very good voice of reason Mm. and a very mature voice in this whole debacle or discussion around live golf and whether or not they should be there and he's very clear cameron smith made a decision that meant that he wasn't going to be there at the players championship so that's that's it i mean Mm. there's a full stop right after that they'll still get to play in the majors which I think is the, is the right thing to do. But the PGA has to hold firm. You know what I did find weird? I don't know if this is just me, but I did read that they they took Cameron Smith's name off the reserved yes. parking for champions list. Yes. Now, obviously, he's not going to be there. Well, he can't play. No. Now, he can't play. So what if Cameron Smith... Turned up in the gallery? What if he turns up? He's still the defending champion, right? You can't take that away from him, and they're not taking that away from him. But So, what if he turns up as a fan? Is he banned from all PGA Tour events full stop? Surely not. No, surely not. And I get the fact that he's not allowed to play because that's the stance yeah. that they took, and that's what they knew they were getting into. But what happens if he fronts up? <laughs> where, where does he go, mate? What do you do if you're at the Players' Championship and you rock on up? I'm going to pull in the Bentley here or the the Tesla, whatever he's got. And he goes, uh, defending champion, mate, I'll just take my spot. Sorry, not allowed. Do they have valet parking
0: down in Mm. Florida? Or maybe an Uber in? (laughs) What I'm saying is,
1: don't let him play. If that's fine, that's that's cool. But he's still the defending champ, so he still should be able to get what the defending champ gets, which Mm. is parking for a start. And if he wants a free burger, let him get a free yep. burger. Yep. You can't take that away
0: from him. been good fun. Ugh, uh, yes. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out over the next... Because the, the ratings, from what we're understanding, now they're on traditional TV, have not been uh, not been great.
1: No. But you can't judge... I don't think you can judge Live Golf on ratings in its first event of this season, which is, what, our, our, our second season. So yeah. I know everyone gets jumping up and down about ratings, but ratings are ratings when they're good. Um, <laughs> you know, that that's the kind of stuff that people like to focus on them. Nice work, Maestro. Uh, it's interesting. You are the Maestro, which means that you're the man of, of control that oversees everything, yet it's Maestro's madness. So it shows that there's a little bit of... Again, consistency, of not my real thing.
0: It's not my real yeah. thing, Matt. Like... Being a no, bit no, all over the place, no. flying everywhere.
1: No, I think it's well. That's what a maestro is meant to be, you know, a <laughs> crazy genius. O four five seven seven three six seven three six is the text line number. Uh, plenty of texts coming through, on a whole range of issues. And one three hundred o one eleven seventy, if you'd like to join us, Chase Buford coming up from the Kings.